Truth Response. Hey guys, welcome. Thanks for coming by. Uh, thanks for saying, hanging out with us today. Uh, my name is Mark, uh, the not-so-hosty host, but editor extraordinaire and also humble guy. Mark the Heretic? Uh, Mark the Heretic. Oh, cool. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> to my left? Uh, this is Derek. Yeah, the, Derek the, the smaller Derek. <laughs> Little Derek. Little Derek. <laughs> and then to his left? Is nobody. There's there's an empty mic over here. Which, then, by the for, way, for one of you guys. That's, it. <laughs> that's good. Good job, Lizzie. <laughs> and we have Lizzie. Yep, She's that's the only me. Female My wish. I am the voice of reason. Lizzie, the voice of reason. <laughs> and to her left would be our Hi. pastor extraordinaire. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like, German German Kermit? <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, Sounds about right. pretty much. Get to the piggy. <sighs> so we're, to the top. we're glad to have you guys here. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, sometimes I prepare a lot. Sometimes I prepare a little. This would be I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> so and, not uh, only is Mark the heretic, he's Mark the cheater. I'm Mark the cheater. Mark the and cheater. And I dick. found uh, five <laughs> tough questions uh, about the Christian faith. Um, so I figured we could just kick off and get through as many of these as possible. I choose C for the first one. Okay. Oh, we're going to random. It's oh. multiple okay. choice, right? C, yes. It's, it's always multiple right. choice. Right? Yes, Very I know cool. some Spanish. Okay. <laughs> C. C. <laughs> question three. Can I... Three? Well, C. For you, it's C. Oh, I thought... Don't we start at one? No. No, you, you said, said you <laughs> wanted to go with C. Oh. Right. Right, we'll, we'll go wherever you want. This was your idea. This was my <laughs> idea. This was Mark's idea. idea. Your idea. We just had a discussion on it. All right. Uh, Can I lose my salvation? I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. That's right. Can I lose my... Now, in here, the actual... <laughs> well, I'm glad we have Derek here because he's a Baptist. So oh, here we go. Maybe we'll let so him answer in, that. <laughs> in, in here... In, in and then we'll answer it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got scripture to back my stuff up. Too. <laughs> All right, so in here they're talking about uh, sinning their, your way out of salvation, like just you know, no matter how much you know, sinning and sinning and sinning, and then all of a sudden you lose your salvation. Um, I know how I feel where, about where, that. Where is this coming from? Let's just get. I want to get the context. Uh, uh, focus from Focus on the Family. UnitedAtheist.com. Oh, okay. Focus on the family. <laughs> yeah. Is that a bad and thing? And their consensus, no. Okay. Uh, their consensus was that you can sin. Well, here. no, no. Their consensus oh. was uh, our salvation. Uh, let's see. So I'll just read the answer they have. Will the Holy Spirit leave me if I keep sinning? Can I act so badly that God will stop loving me? So their answer was our, our salvation is based solely on Christ's work on the cross, not our deeds, God's forgiveness, and unconditional. And quite. God forgives and unconditionally loves all of his children of faith. And second part of that answer is be encouraged, as Paul states in Romans 8, 35, 8, 35 through 39, nothing can separate us from the love of Jesus. And then it starts to, then they give an exclamation on top of that. Okay. So I think scripturally what it's saying is that um, as long as you are faithful, that sin is not going to prevent you from losing your salvation. But I want to take this, this uh, uh, question uh, into another direction as soon as we get your thoughts. I, I somewhat agree with the Baptist concept here. 
this he's so, like already on defense. He's like he's like, well, no. I already know what you're gonna say, Derek. Yeah. So from I do already know what you're gonna say. And I'll just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cannonball into it as well. Yeah. It's funny because I had this conversation. well, okay, I didn't have a conversation. I asked this question at one time to the lead pastor at the church I was at in Pennsylvania. And it was one of the, it was when I was still in the very well, and I still am, I guess, hopefully, the very inquisitive like all these really big, profound questions are like coming my way now, and I'm I'm in Christianity, and I'm reading scripture, and I'm going to Bible studies, and all this good stuff, and I was like, man, can can I lose this thing? Like, is this a real thing? And then I asked him, and he just didn't want to answer the question <laughs> so i was a little frustrated by that but yeah some people have their I'm own say i have no problem but answering this question so. but i i gave the very baptist answer before i knew it was the baptist answer because i was like you know i know i know what my encounter with christ was like and i know the life change that happened now it is sin ever creeping at the door absolutely all the time do i feel temptations and given to you know, not really the temptations themselves, but do I have to fight them often? Yes, you definitely do. But I was like, I understand the really profound life change that happened in, in my life. So I can't understand how someone can can seriously, honestly give themselves over to Christ and then continue walking in this, like, way against, you know, Christian walk way. Like, once like, you know, you can't forget yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you can't. Yeah. Undo all of that. Or... Yeah. And so I was I was like, how does all of this compute? There was someone in the church at that time that they got baptized because they were having issues with their wife and their wife was is a believer. And so he got baptized to try to like mend the fences. And then when it didn't mend the fences, he said, well, you're all a bunch of crazy people at the church anyway, and I don't believe any of it. I just did it because I thought you wanted me to do it. And then I was like, whoa, is he saved now? And then we could talk about the point of salvation and all of this too. So how many like, how, how many episodes do you want to get out of this question? It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a yeah. long – I mean, this, yeah. this could potentially be a long a – long Well, even if yeah, the one question, question takes up the whole podcast, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we got so – so my answer to that is kind of Baptisty, which is no, you can't lose your salvation because what happens when you encounter Christ is something profound and life changing, and you will never want to go back to the the way you lived before. And should the fruit not bear itself? then I will ask the question, were you saved from the beginning anyway? Like, did you honestly give your life to Christ? Or was this a plea or a cry for, I want some sort of change in my life. This Jesus thing sounds really good. So I'm just going to go through confession, repentance, and baptism, and then expect God to do this thing, release me from this struggle or trial or hardship in my life. And then when it doesn't happen the way I want it to, I just write God off. Um, I want to challenge that just a bit. Do it. Okay, but I, I'm, I'm going I'm to switch. No, nope, you challenge first. Okay, so <laughs> I just uh, well, I don't know if I really want to challenge it or just raise an example and get your opinion on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know the guy's name, and you're going to probably have to help me with it. Uh, Billy Graham, his best friend. Um, Jimmy. Was, what's that? Jimmy. Jimmy. No, it's not. No, okay. I just made that oh. up. Okay. 
Uh, so, so Billy Graham had a person uh, or a friend that was very much involved in the ministry with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all they both came up through the ministry and they were very strong partners. And then, for whatever reason, his his friend and I wish I could remember the name of it, uh, name of him. He lost his faith, mm-hmm. and he ended up uh, renouncing Christianity altogether. Mm-hmm. So. I guess my, you know, you said, was he ever saved mm. in the beginning? And I think that's a question that really hits home with this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a strong warrior for the Lord, and then all, you know, not all of a sudden, but through a gradual process, all of a sudden he is, he has separated himself. Mm-hmm. Has he has he lost his faith, mm-hmm. or has he lost his salvation? Mm-hmm. Charles Templeton. Charles Templeton. Charles, that man. was my next guess. <laughs> There's a lot of Charles. It's not Jimmy. It's Charles. I mean, right. Yeah. Yeah. Opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's that's not a that's not a new story. That's mm-hmm. not a, a unique story. Um, you think about man, what was the dude? Oh, the dude, the DC talk dude. Uh, so you had Michael Tate and Toby Mac, and then the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> the other and that's guy. That's why he walked away. Right. That's why he walked away. <laughs> yeah. So the other guy. The other guy. Like no. he's another one of those people too. That was like he was in this whole Jesus culture thing, and it was whatever it was. And now he walked away from the faith too. And I mean, there's a bunch of people that you can say. Uh, Josh Harris, young guy in the church, wrote the, um, the dating kiss dating book. goodbye. There you go. Uh, he wrote that book too. Same thing. Like. All right, I was a big thing whenever I was. I'm not on board with the whole, the whole Jesus is the only way thing, and like maybe I'll give my faith another shot. Like he was a pastor of a church. He was a pastor of a large church, a large church, Mm -hmm. and a large movement. So, to explain that, right, like the whole, the concept of that, like to give an example of of another example of it is when Jesus fed the five thousand, it felt good, Mm -hmm. right. They all wanted to follow him because of the things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the feelings, the 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 feeling of fullness, the promise. You know? um, the or when I say promise, I mean the potential, right? Promise as in potential, right? The potential of what comes in. So, yeah. with and then he said some things that was like, oh, well, we don't want to get on board with that. We won't go that far. They didn't want him, right? They wanted the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted the potential. They mm-hmm. wanted the, the, the possible promises that they, he could fulfill. Like, that's the difference, right, of, of salvation and not, mm-hmm. is that you're all in or you just want the what's in it for me. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not intentional. Like, even if you're not intentionally thinking, I'm only in this for what I can get out of it, like you don't it doesn't have to be in, intentional mm-hmm. right like it can be it can be a a subconscious thing something that we don't actually think about uh, the whole idea of i'm only in this for what i can get out of it mm-hmm. um it's an all in thing no matter what happens to me i will never deny christ mm-hmm. i might deny him with my actions right sinning but i i won't deny him with my life mm-hmm. right so because i have met him mm-hmm. and I, I i know who he is and he 
hopefully is getting to know me as as I walk in this journey, you know. Um, and I say hopefully he's getting to know me because it talks in Matthew about um, that he, he gives a warning of, you know, many will say unto me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name done miracles and done many wonderful works? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Right. So like the getting to know you process, you know, that part of it. Um, so uh, I man, I've said it off air, but like if I ever were to say, you know, I don't, I don't God doesn't exist or I don't want him like. I hope he strikes me dead right then and there because it's no nah, he's gonna make you life. suffer a little bit not well i mean that would that would end it right like i don't know like i just i i don't think that it is possible for me to go back on that at this point mm-hmm. you know so but i think that's the major difference is that like you you see like the five thousand who were like hungry for more of well what can this guy do but they weren't hungry for everything that that guy could do. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really good illustration. And what I initially jumped to was the parable of the sower, where he talks about how the seed fell upon all of these different, uh, these different mediums. So you had the seed that fell upon the rocky soil. You had the seed that fell upon the path. You had the seed that fell upon um, in the thorns and the thistles. And then you had the seed that was, that found itself in the good soil and how, and I know a lot of people like this who, man, for a season, just like that seed that fell along the, the rocky path, like, man, it shot up, but as soon as the sun beat upon it, there was no root there and it was scorched and it was destroyed. So, um, it, that was the, that was the illustration that I was thinking of while you were talking about all of this too. And I think they're kind of one, they're one in the same in a, in a, in a mm. similar sense. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't even for a season feel energetic and ecstatic and go through the motions and do the things and maybe feel like your life is getting changed, but your, your, your heart was never fully in it. You were never fully invested. Um, and, and I think that is, that is the difference. And I can't speak for God and say that though you've, you've gone and you've been baptized and you've confessed and you've repented and though you've kind of left behind some of the the call and the desire and the passion i can't say for sure that you're you're not going to be forgiven in the end by the blood of christ like that's not for any of us to determine it just does seem suspect to some extent like man you want you want the good only when there's good, but you're not willing to take the hard times when the hard times come, even though God purposes those hard times to bring you closer to him. Well, and there's, there's two things that, that I typically go to when people have rebuttals against the whole once saved, always saved, or, um, were you really saved in the first place Mm -hmm. mentality? And, uh, one is that, um, well, I think they, they said it in there with the whole, like, uh, nothing can take you from God's hand. And, I, I mean, if Scripture says nothing can take you out of God's hand, I, I believe that you are part of that. Um, you you can't that You can't take you from God's hand. Like, and I, I think that's an important distinction because uh, that paired with the promise of leaving the 99 for the one, 
I, I think that those two, those two things in conjunction, um, show what links God, God will go for somebody who has encountered him. Yeah. That shouldn't overshadow because on that you could hear the universalist saying, yes, 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 this is exactly right. Like Jesus's blood covered everybody, but the, though that is true, it's everybody who acknowledges Christ as Lord. So there right. is there is this this move that you have to make in order to receive. I mean, go you're going with the the lost sheep, right? Right. In that same set of of discussions is also the lost son who had to turn back before the father ran to him. Well, and that's that's the turning back portion, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the part that's already that's the when I say um when I say someone who's truly encountered him, that's the person who's who's turning back. Mm-hmm. Right? They they may not be back yet. <laughs> you know, they may not be in the full swing of things yet. Um, because which one of us when we come to Jesus are, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's we're a dirty, trashy house mm-hmm. that we ask Jesus to come in and be our cleaning person. Like, you know, help us pick up the trash around our house. Mm-hmm. Um we we become a new creation but that new creation is constantly being um formed mm-hmm. you know so uh that's what i meant I- mm-hmm. is that is that that's at the point of like oh i've i understand you know mm-hmm. like you know um yeah so the only thing i um and, and i kind of hear what you're saying um so uh, the question, uh, the other question I have: Can somebody be a faithful Christian at one point, like a Charles Templeton? Because if you look now, I just quickly looked him up on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. He's got a book out that says "Farewell to God" uh, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, he can somebody be a faithful person, and then when they decide to turn from the faith and leave, does that lose their salvation? I guess is, is, is the bigger, is my question. That, and that would throw the question, in my, in my view, my, the question is thrown back, was he ever really saved? Okay. Or was he just kind of affiliated to this larger-than-life individual, Billy Graham? They were good friends. He saw the success of Billy Graham. He wanted a piece of that as well. And then when things didn't go his way, he just turned turned his back i don't right. know i'd have to read his story well i mean this uh, i'd be interested in reading well, his story. The, the the one thing i will say about his story and at least what he's saying um is that it absolutely killed him that he was losing that he was having questions and he was questioning himself and he was questioning the faith and what he was doing and everything else it tore him up mm-hmm. um again uh, i haven't read the book mm-hmm. you know it, it may be a good read but um yeah it, it's an interesting question you know yeah. To me, it sounds like thorny soil. I mean, mm. if you think about it, thorny soil, things start to, to blossom. Parable of the sower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sowing of the seeds. Right, right. No, no, I, 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 didn't, I don't remember a thorny soil. Thorny, okay. Never yeah. Mind. Okay, yeah. yes, it's there. Um, and it starts to grow, but then gets choked out right. by the thorns and weeds, mm-hmm. right? So, like, um, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. And that person never really, they started to root, but they didn't get roots Mm -hmm. i mean there's plenty of examples of people who have done things in the name of god that did great things but rejected jesus or did great things 
and then did horrible things. Like there's tons of examples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say none of those people really got it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I, I am a different breed when it comes to some of that stuff. Like I'm, I'm a little bit more brutal, like uh, with it. Like I don't, I don't have a problem saying, Hey, you're not being a Christian, you know, like that's not how a Christian acts. Um, but then at, at the same time, like, it's not, it's for me to judge in guidance, not in condemnation. So I, I am called to judge in accordance to correction and, and reconciliation, um, but not when it comes to eternal condemnation. We've all been judged there, you know? So he's, it's, it's up to Jesus in the end. So um, Anything else to put in? All right, Lizzie. Nope. Did, no, no, no. <laughs> this one's for you no, specifically. No, it's not you for you specifically. Okay. Uh, choose a number between one and five. Do not choose three. <laughs> I was going to say three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course you would. You should have chosen F. Five. I, ch- I chose five. C. Question five. I-V. Oh. <laughs> I think we, well, oh boy, we've covered this one already, but we're going to, I guess we're going to do it again. Is the Bible reliable? I think we covered this. Uh, we covered this a couple weeks ago. A couple too. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Skip it. See. If you if this you is don't. Why you oh, shouldn't I was gonna make say. That? I was gonna say if you if you go. haven't heard it, go back a couple of weeks and and listen. Yep. Um, we did we did cover that. Uh, all right. So I'll give I'll take the next one. Uh, why does God allow evil? The reality of evil. Did we talk about that last week? We've talked about this a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Look, we talked about all these things, Mark. Your your questions suck. I, <laughs> it's because he cheated. Yeah, this is what happens. This is God's punishment. Why, why, your head, Mark. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's one for Derek. Why are Christians so judgmental? <laughs> you know, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, maybe because they haven't, they haven't, they haven't uh, been held accountable, right? Like, because I think being held accountable, it, part of that is also the reconciliation part, right? Like the goal is reconciliation. And if more Christians were taught that we discipline to reconcile and that is the goal, that's why we discipline, they wouldn't judge in condemnation. Yeah. There's another piece of that too, which is a lot of people miss the relationship part of Mm. being a follower of Jesus. And I've, I've really been wrestling through this these last couple days and I've been, there's been a lot of discussion about a group of people at the church who continue to ask this question, what about me? And that's the wrong question that we're supposed to ask as followers of Christ. It's supposed to be, it's not, we're supposed to make the statement, it's not about me. Right. And instead, there are, there are groups and factions and, and people who kind of cordon themselves off from the rich, deep, satisfying work of, of the gospel and extending God's kingdom so much so that they simply desire to be fed when they're continually eating from this buffet and oh. gorging themselves. Spiritual gluttony. Yeah. Oh, it, my it gosh. Really is. That's it, so good. It really oh. Okay, let's talk about spiritual gluttony. Let's go there. Let's talk about that, because th- I think that's a really good topic. <laughs> I think that's a really good topic for us to talk about, and I think that feeds a lot into this, this question of judgment, because 
we feed ourselves and gorge ourselves so much. And then we kind of thumb our nose at people who are at a place where either A, they're not gorging themselves the way we are, right? So we kind of guilt them into thinking, well, you're not nearly as spiritual as I am, right? Because you haven't done nearly as many Bible studies as I have. You're not doing nearly as many of these spiritually practicey things that I do. And yet they're at a place where they're just kind of figuring this whole thing out. Like I'm in the milk phase and you're eating steak, but you're eating steak all the time and not sharing yeah. it with anybody. You're eating that 44-ounce steak or whatever it is that if you eat the whole thing in an hour, you get a, your meal for free or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's spiritual gluttony, right? Like you're, you're going to Bible studies, right? And you're going to church on Sunday and you're going on Wednesday, but you're not really connecting as much with anybody outside of you or right. your gr- smaller group or or whatnot and you're not necessarily you're more focused on the on the you and the consumption and the consumption consumption and the consumption and the consumption and and you're not taking the time to a work out right because you gotta you gotta burn those those calories that you're consuming um so you're not taking the time to actually be the hands and feet of jesus um and sometimes you need a sabbath right like you need to you need to chill a little bit right need to rest and relax which is like you're you're taking your dump right because that's food's got to exit out of the body <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying right I, I had to go there but i had to poop jokes um poop jokes i, I wasn't ready for that i i, I want to throw like a wrench in the whole question too. throw your wrench because you wrench know thrower. i like throwing things um you can dodge wrench like, you can dodge ball. people are saying like why are christians so judgmental you may think I'm judgmental because I don't agree with you on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You may say that I'm judging mm-hmm. you based on those things. When I'm not judging you, I just don't agree with those things that you're doing. That doesn't mean that I think any less of you. That doesn't mean that I think you're, you know, or, or this horrible person and, you know, whatever. And sometimes people people use the word judgmental when talking about Christians in that way. Like, just because you don't agree with me on what mm-hmm. I'm doing and say that all these things that I'm doing are okay, that means you're judgmental. Mm-hmm. Right, and anybody who's not being convicted by the Holy Spirit whenever a Christian says, hey, you know, you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage or, or whatever. That's a big one, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, if you're not being convicted by the Holy Spirit, it sounds like judgment. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it, it isn't meant as judgment from most people, I would say. It's a cautionary tale, right? Like, it's a, hey, this isn't the best way. There is a better way out there. I'm concerned for you. Um, God has a better way, you know, like that's so, but it does. It's if, if you're not being worked on by the Holy Spirit, which is the important piece in a lot of this is that if you're not being worked on by the Holy Spirit, that's exactly what it sounds like. Just like if you don't have the Holy Spirit, the Bible sounds like it contradicts itself. Right. And the Bible talks about not having the Holy Spirit or having the Holy Spirit and, and it revealing things to us, right? Like, that's, that's an, important, an important bit in all of this. So, I mean... I, but well, I, I think the other half of that is that we don't, the church, Big C, doesn't hold itself accountable when, when things go wrong. You know, i.e. Mm-hmm. when we, the Catholic Church and, and mm-hmm. what those priests went through and how we covered it up. And now the, 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 uh, the, Baptist. the Baptists yeah. are, are, we're finding out some issues in there. And, and it seems like instead of bringing that stuff out, instead of calling those people out, because, you know, 
from a world's perspective, um, the perception is that the church does a lot of calling out of the world, you mm-hmm. know, no sex before marriage, you know, the, the ban on homosexuality, all of this stuff that the world wants to do. And we're busy calling that stuff out, mm-hmm. but we don't hold ourselves accountable, mm-hmm. you know, and I am. Um, and I could see where people would say, you know what, not only are you judgmental, you're, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we got to, you know, I know you, we, we so have had this many discussions right. about church for discipline, but I would totally agree about those things need to be disciplined and worked out. Um, and it's kind of it's kind of difficult to judge the world when we can't get our own house clean. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Your house is never going to be clean. Well, I mean, for one. But yeah, no, no. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But at the same time, like when it comes to I'll I'll just put it in in the bigger broader perspective of when it comes to religion right people go oh this person says this and they claim to be a christian therefore christianity's trash mm-hmm. you know you don't do that with anything else like okay a football player beats his girlfriend half to death leaves her you know in a elevator or whatever and you don't say football's a trash story. sport well some people you say do. Because generally that's not yeah. the consensus it's, right, it's not how yeah. could you let that person keep keep doing that and yeah. then they expect punishment right like right. they expect some kind of disciplinary action for that person like right they don't suspend all running backs or all quarterbacks because one running back or one quarterback did that type of or thing. dish but, the right. whole game but, but, right but, like but right. wait a minute the nfl if we're gonna let's We'll, we'll focus on that for just a second but the nfl well, we're talking about the player or not the player but the the people outside of the game Viewing is it. that because the NFL held that particular person in account and they sus- they either suspended or they did something with that guy? He did not walk away. Yeah, he got a year suspension. Right, that was Ray Rice. Okay, he was reinstated. Right, uh-huh. you, could, you could look at the the There's Browns an actual person. Yeah, okay. yeah, you, you nailed that right in the head. Right. Same right exact on. thing. Wow, beat, beat his Dance. girlfriend in an elevator, and they had maybe a, I saw it on thing. television. You probably did. Probably saw it on news. Um, right now, the Deshaun Watson thing. Um, you know, Browns quarterback didn't play all last year because of holdout stuff. Been accused on twenty odd accounts of sexual misconduct with various massage therapists, and um, he's being suspended for six games this this season so it's like that crime doesn't necessarily fit the punishment either because you also have a a wide receiver who bet on a game he wasn't even playing in that's suspended for the whole year you have a couple guys that have had a substance substance abuse um you know tested positive for substances uh banned substances and they're suspend they're suspended either you know half a season or several games or an, up to a whole year and you have this guy who's got all these allegations against him they kind of settled seem like out of court uh and this dude gets a six game suspension and that doesn't seem right to us as well but we don't say because that guy did that there isn't any starting quarterbacks that are good every one of them is uh, a rapist and um, you know a sexual deviant. So we don't well, say that. To, to, okay, so to, to your point, because because what you were bringing up makes sense too. Um, was that like, is that because they do hold it to some? You know, yeah. they they discipline somewhat. You know, they have some discipline. They single for, out the player as opposed to singling out the league. Right. Right. And and how we don't and as a church. 
do that. And part of that problem is we don't act like one church, right? We've, we've discussed this before on, on here that, you know, all of our individual denominations don't act together ever. Like, it, it's hard. It's hard pressed to get people to do anything together outside of your own personal denomination. Um, and even then, sometimes it's like, well, I don't really want you to steal my members, you know, kind of idea. Um, so uh, that's part of the problem and the breakdown of why we don't do it. But also, like, yeah, I, I think that is one of the big differences is that we tend to not discipline our, our people, mm-hmm. right? We tend to not speak out against some All right. of that. Well, let's, I'll, I'll throw a little little bit of a wrench in that one because there is this. these players are bound by a contract. And with a breach of contract, there come other consequences. And it's not like they can say, oh, well, I'm suspended from this team, so I'm going to go over here and play for this team. Like, you're right, it's enforced on a global level, mm-hmm. so they can't just do that. But at the church level, they can just say, well, deuces, going to church next door. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem. Right. Is there's no accountability, right? right. Like. Part of that is a lot of churches don't don't get routines to create accountability in the regular life before all that mess happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like, it's part of, I think, the church's duty to call up that church next door and be like, look, mm-hmm. this is, it's, I just want you to be aware. This is what happened. This is why we said the things that we did or we, mm-hmm. we took the actions that we took. You know, as fellow Christians, just keep that in mind. And I'm not saying like the whole church needs to know it, but we we at sign least, at least a pastor, pastor a contract, discussion. Right? Right? We, there's a blood contract on our lives as Christians. Mm-hmm. We don't own us, right? We are owned by Jesus. Mm-hmm. As Christians, we were bought with a price. So, like the football league, I mean, I think that. We are we are called to hold that. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest things that Satan uses, and we've been I've been reading a lot about it in my um, spiritual warfare. We're going through in my discipleship group. We're going talking about spiritual warfare a lot, and Satan uses that shame. So mm-hmm. the churches are like when they're caught in that, it's just the shame and saying you know we were wrong, we picked the wrong person or whatever. And so they hide it. And I know some of it is liability stuff, and some of it is, like, you can't say why you fired. Some states, like, you can't say why you fired somebody. Uh-huh. The only thing you can say when somebody calls you to ask you, would you rehire them, is no. You can't tell them legally anything besides that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you end up with lawsuits and stuff like that. But I think a lot of churches have also used that as a cop-out to just not deal with situations. Like, that's tough. We don't want to have to deal with it. We're going to look the other way. We're going to brush it under the rug because it's well, easier and, than, than dealing with the fallout. And because of from that, because yes, you're right. It's easier than dealing with the fallout. Why? Because we don't associate the the player. It isn't an individual. The player represents the church, mm-hmm. right? That's what we see right now. So it's mm-hmm. it, it becomes an indictment on that mm-hmm. on that specific church when something when there's an issue and. 
the last thing any church wants is bad PR, even though God doesn't care. He doesn't but care about why? his reputation. Why does it hit the reputation of the church? Because the church obviously wasn't calling it out, right? Sure. That's well, that's why that's it doesn't. The, that's, that's the why it fear the on the back end. Yes, there are probably things that should that usually lead up to a scandal. I mean, pick your sex scandal that's happened at SBC. Um, you know, various other pastors from independent churches that have have struggled and had those issues too, and and you know were non repentant and weren't held accountable, and somebody somebody sweeping something under the rug at some point, um, you know. But in the midst of of all of that, those many of those churches or denominations were like, well, if even wind of this disciplinary action makes its way outside of our four walls, then what will that mean for our church? We don't want any bad press. I, so, I mean, I it's, get it's it. just, I get and it. I'm not saying that's right, But I've also, I've also attended and been on leadership of a church in which we paid four months severance to a youth pastor who was not only stealing money from the church, and that's what he got caught with, mm-hmm. but was also messing around with one of the students. Hmm. And we paid him four months severance because we didn't let that stuff out because we weren't allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. So... Who said you're not allowed who, to do that? Yeah, who says... The state. The state says it. Oh. The state says... You what can't. It, one, the, the state that it happened in said that, that you're not allowed to... <sighs> to give reason or what there's privacy there's some sort of privacy well i mean wait isn't there a separation of church and state here jimmy (laughs) right but i mean i can understand the privacy issue right but why would that cause a church to pay four months severance because they didn't they couldn't tell the congregation why right but i mean because my head business meeting that the congregation is the ones who actually are in charge of the the vote and the and the church. So the congregation voted given four months severance. The people were like people that didn't know the situation were like because they they weren't allowed to know um, because of privacy. Stood up and was like, "This person has served our church faithfully for so long, and and all these different things, and they've got these debts, and they're taking on this and that, which they weren't even fully informed about all of these other things that they were upset about." And they pushed and pushed and pushed for for this, and and so we gave we ended up because of the vote, giving four months severance to this guy, and and so you think he, I mean, when things actually came out, obviously it hit it got he got hit with it and had to, you know, face up to it. But at that point, that's getting away scot free, dude. Like that's I mean. I'm paying you four months to chill until your wife gets a job with as a doctor. <laughs> like, I mean, all right. So now uh, it's now I'm going to ask a lot of questions about church structure here because apparently I don't understand it. So I thought that, and I thought that hiring, firing of personnel. It depends on what church you're in. Every church yes. has its own bylaws, yes. and that's what governs the the hiring, firing, voting, member action. yeah. disciplinary actions. You budgets know, yep. all of that okay all right well then it's like it's that, it, that church has got a bylaw problem it sounds like to me i mean you know because sure in my head it, you know that happens once we change the bylaws and then we give you know somebody or a small group of people who are you know quote unquote in the know mm-hmm. the ability to make decisions business decisions that's a business decision right um you know the church is 
when it comes down to it, you have to run it like a business or else it's going to fail. So that's a business decision that has to be made by a small group of people. That can't be left to the masses. But that's that's how most is that Baptist churches are run. Uh, technically, it's kind of how this church is run, kind of, um, but not fully. Um, yeah, because we're independent, we have a, a little bit more uh, more rope when it comes to those types of decisions. I mean, really, the elder board has. Mm-hmm. The final decision on everything, and if they unless vote, it's stated in the in unless the, it's stated otherwise in the bylaws, in, which in most our, of it says that in our bylaws. you have to have a majority vote. Yeah, on things. S- yeah, some things. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's only a, a couple of things. <laughs> there's only a couple of things that uh, you can that warrant immediate termination without taking it in front of somebody. I don't know something like that in our bylaws, but. Yeah, so it, it all depends on the church. Every church is different. Every church is set up uh, like it's its own independent, not not for profit, um, which you have to have you know set of rules that govern you and all that. So, um, but yeah, wow. All right. I, I agree with you. I mean, a small group of you know in the know minds mm-hmm. can make that decision better, but mm-hmm. which is what an elder board represents. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that we we've we've got a lot better setup than what than what the church I was a part of uh, had. But that is an example of not holding people accountable. Right. You know, okay. that's that's an example. That's that's why it's important, because it should never have gotten to that point. It should have it should have come out the first time. That, well, no, maybe not the first time, but the second time, like, he was stealing money. It was little bits at a time. Hey, you need to go in front of the church and apologize for this. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's, you're in a pastoral position. Like, you need to repent and and admit to this. Um, And then, you know, clean slate it, you know? Like, don't forget, but, you know, forgive, you know? But none of that was set in place. None of it. No. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Every time I come in here, I learn something new. Good. You're, you're even old. It's amazing. <laughs> old dog, new tricks. <laughs> but, but, okay, so, so back to the point that we were making with the whole, like, judging religion, right, as a whole. Like, you can't, you can't point at a Christian like the guy I'm talking about and be like, that guy. Represents So all. Christianity's terrible. You know, and this horrible thing. It's inevitable, it, though, because man. Like, I understand. That's what's going to happen. I and, understand. And on our side, we do the same thing. Do we? Yeah. Like what? We lump all the LGBTQ people into a, a box. We put all of the... Okay, who is we? As a whole? Are you lumping us all in the same category? I am lumping us <laughs> all in the same Cause category. Because quick, because that's, not, that's yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we're individuals, and we're held accountable to our like martin luther king when he said you know that i have a dream that one day my kids will be judged on the content of their character that did not mean because of the grouping that they're in Mm -hmm. it meant the individual person the judgment of their character that's what he wanted them judged by yes Mm -hmm. not just the color of their skin but the content of their character and that's absolutely individual things so don't don't let me in i'm i'm just i'm just throwing a generalization out there because a lot of stones get thrown and we all live in glass houses because we're not all that way well and for me like 
it never that part never really hit me until I went to I'd had took a world religion class at Bible college and we went to different places and checked out like we went to a mosque mm-hmm. we went to a Jewish tabernacle and we went to like a, a very charismatic church or something like that and when we were at the mosque the lady was talking there the the lady was talking to us about Islam and stuff like that and she talks she was talking about how American Islam is different from you know Iraq Iran is you know Islam in the Middle East and all that stuff and how people lump them with them and all that stuff and not judge it and then we said something about like this is you know we asked her kind of what her beliefs were and we were saying something about what we believe and she's like oh I know what you believe because I went to Catholic school and it was like okay now you're doing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like you're accusing us of doing Mm -hmm. and it was like that and somebody tried to explain to her like that's not what she what we believe but she just refused to listen to them or even talk to them or continue the conversation it was like okay like that's when it really hit me like it's very easy to say those things and to lump people together and then be like but we don't want that to happen to us so but then turn around and do it to somebody else and my point in this and the the thing that i'm passionate about with this i don't care what you lump me in right i I don't care where you put me i don't care if you think that i'm I am That's legalistic. Nickname, lumpy. 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 All right, there you go. I'm okay with it. Whatever. Um, I don't care if you you lump me in with you know you're a Pharisee or you're too legalistic. I don't care what you call me. Names, right? Like names aren't going to hurt me anymore because that not that doesn't matter. They they can bounce off me because only else. sticks and stones right? will break your bones. Right, and and even then I'll still praise the name of Jesus. Um, so let's go with some sticks and stones. My my thing is is that doesn't define my Jesus. Mm. And he's the important. Mm-hmm. He's the important one. And that's that's what that's the point I want to get across to people is like our actions don't define our Jesus. But let let Jesus define Jesus, right? And that should be true for all Islam. Let the Quran define Allah, right? right wrong and different let let the books the things that they claim to follow because that's the perfection of of what their religion states let that define what it is mm-hmm. let let the game of football define what football is and then we can we can make judgment statements about those who play it right but that doesn't define the thing that is mm-hmm. and i i find that's that's the important part for me right i don't don't let other people's actions define who who the the creator of the universe is you know but the world only sees us you know they they're supposed to see jesus through us that's the only way the world is going to know who jesus is is by us going out into the world and telling them sure and when you know the big c is working incredibly hard to do that and then we find that there's still issues within Big C that we have to deal with. You know that sets this whole this whole thing back, and we have to restart. And I think that's where the world has a problem with Christianity is that you know we go out and we talk about and we you know we are guilty just like everybody else because we are human of lumping people together in groups. And when we start talking about hey what you're doing what you're doing is 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 wrong 
but we still have a problem with holding ourselves accountable for different issues, different things that we have going on. That's the problem. It's when it gets swept under the rug, right? When the church has worked so hard instead of bringing it to the forefront, and I'm not talking about like, you know, hanging it on a billboard. I'm talking about just getting it out, you know, you know, to admit it that you did have a point on some of your church discipline thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go wash my mouth out but uh, <laughs> I got some soap <laughs> but um, we didn't you know because the, the church worked so hard in, in covering it up and not dealing with it that's what sets our, our that whole thing back and, and causes people to, to look at us and say well, you guys are hypocritical mm-hmm. and how am I supposed to follow a, you know a bunch of people who can't even get their own story straight mm-hmm. You know, um. I think I think the answer to that is is for us. Obviously, you know, Michael Jackson said it real well, starting with the man in the mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's important for us to start seeing other people like that, seeing other people as an individual. OK. Seeing things the way they are in their pure form. Right. right? The who who is Mark. Right. What is Islam? What is Christianity? Who is Nick? Like, what is football? What is a woman? Sorry. <laughs> Had to tag that one in there, right? Great, great documentary. Um, but we, we need to start start looking at others and, and things in the world, truth, um, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And once we start doing that, then we start seeing ourselves and the things that we're doing and how we govern things. And we start changing those things. And then we, that's how we fix things. We right. can't fix things by saying, oh, everything is trash, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but just starting starting to work on us. And that's why, I mean, I know most people that listen to this, maybe not all, I hope not all, most of the people that listen to this are, are probably believers, right? Um, and if not, sweet. Like, I'd love to have one of you guys on here too. Um, but that it starts with us and and it's important that we start not treating others like others treat christianity a lot of times right right yeah i'm not gonna argue with any of that because it is all true the reality is is that we you know in the broken place we live that's not how things come across we specifically need to work to change the image of people's perception of quote unquote Christians in but order that starts with us. And it does. It starts with us. You can't and you can't change it any other way. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree one hundred percent. Like yeah. that is but that's how we change it. Yeah. Is we change. Yeah. And not change to progressive Christianity. Right. Or that, change that, into whatever not, everybody else wants. No. Right, right. But changing how we approach people. Right with things well, is, is very important. And you made a statement earlier, which needs to be handled differently. Instead of saying, well, you don't, or you won't, or you shouldn't, right? You shouldn't have sex outside of marriage. Don't have sex outside of marriage. There needs to be a better approach. Because we, I, I, I don't feel like throwing the don'ts, the shouldn'ts, the can'ts, all those things at a lot of people especially people who are, you know, have, have little interest in the faith, um, that isn't going to help our cause. We need to explain the why 
before we explain the what. You know, I saw I saw a uh, a video a couple days ago. Um, kind of interesting. I'm still kind of digesting it a little bit, but the guy said, "You didn't take your uh, your spirit dump yet." I didn't. Um, working on it. Okay. Well, you know, I I take longer than most. Um, <laughs> You can delete that if you'd like, Mark. Who nope. <laughs> um, am I? Yeah. So, uh, but he said he said that Jesus, when he was talking generally to large groups, he seemed to be harsher. But when he was talking to the individual, he spoke softer. And I mean, you see that a lot. I mean, like you see when he was in the the temple. He's like whipping it and throwing tables and all that, but yeah, but who is the audience? That no right, but like yeah. but the point their point was like if it's you and me and I'm I'm addressing something, mm-hmm. he spoke soft and and with love right, um, but whenever he was addressing an issue to a group of people, he spoke a little harsher a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was interesting, and I'm I'm still digesting it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, people and everybody's different. Mm-hmm. We have to be tactful, even though I'm not good at that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I married Lizzie. Coming from the dude with the tactical she'll be like, a hand Stop. grenade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm more like a bazooka. But for close range. (laughs) (laughs) There's always casualties, including himself, usually. (laughs) Much like when he... Never mind. When he has to take a poop. (laughs) Oh, back on... (laughs) Welcome to the poop podcast of Deuce Response. The Deuce Response. (laughs) The Deuce Response. (laughs) Renaming. You've been awfully quiet. Um, 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 I shared a lot. Yeah, but, you know... The questions suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I mean, we, they're, they're good questions, and they're, they're, they're typical questions, and yeah. they're questions that we need, we need to answer. Um, we do need to hit the topic of, of church discipline in, in our own lives. Like, we need to, we need to reflect upon what, what that's supposed to look like and encourage those around us to, um, to seek out what, how to discipline with with reconciliation in mind. I mean, I had a situation where recently that I got to see reconciliation and didn't expect it coming. Um, so it, that's the goal, right? Changing our own hearts and minds at well, allowing God, giving God the room to change our hearts and minds. Um, and diligently being on the grind every day, trying to, pour more into his word and open up a little bit more of us to for him to clean up you know as we walk in this life towards you know towards the day he comes back so yeah i mean it really comes down to our as as corporate as the church is and as the body of christ is it does take each of us individually pointing to Christ, recognizing that we're not anyone's salvation, that he is the salvation, and mm-hmm. offering grace, a lot of times where their grace <clears throat> isn't due, and helping people understand that 
man, I follow this this guy. I follow the God of the Bible. I I am a believer, and I'm sold out. But I'm not always going to get it right. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to stumble sometimes, and I don't want you to follow me. I don't want you to right. look at me, even though you're going to. I want you to look at Jesus and focus on Him. That needs to be the way we operate as as Christians, as Christ followers, and as the church as well. And so often we pump our identity into uh, into something in the text that we hold fast to, the thou shalts or the thou shalt nots. Uh, we put our identity in the church leader, the pastor, the elder, the deacon, whoever might be in front, the priest, the rector, I don't know, any whatever you name your, your church leader. We put our identity in that person, and then inevitably we find ourselves in a place where we say, man, this church is nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. It's because you put your identity in all the wrong places. It's all about Jesus. It's not about that person. It's not about pastor so-and-so. It's not about me as, you know, as, as a pastor here at the church. And <clears throat> I would offer that rebuke to anybody if they're like, if they put me on that pedestal, because I don't belong there. I'm just a servant of Christ. That's my job. That's what Paul's job was. He's a servant of Christ. And he was open about sharing his burdens and his hardship and his struggle and all of the times that he misstepped. He was very open with that. I try to be open with that as well. And he put all of the focus and the focal point back on Jesus. And that's what we have to do as well. So we can very well, very easily become our own worst enemies. And we are all the time, it seems like. Uh, but <clears throat> we have the opportunity to be able to show the grace that Jesus showed each of one of us and continues to show each one of us to the people around us who are very resilient and resistant about church and Christianity because I'm not so sure anyone or many actually reject Jesus or the God of the Bible. What they reject are the people who are operating as representatives of Jesus and the God of the Bible. So that's what we have to recognize, and that's what we have to work on. And if you aren't a follower of Christ or a follower of the God of the Bible, I would challenge you to look beyond the—look at the reason why, because you're probably going to put your finger on a person somewhere along the way, and that person's not Jesus. It's a person— who wanted to be Jesus and acted a little bit like he had way too much authority, the authority of Jesus, when he didn't have any of that. So, hey, we uh, appreciate the the conversation today and y'all coming to hang out with us. And we'd love to hear from you. And we'd love to hear about your experiences as well. Like, what's that, what's that big question, that burning question? What's the what's that moment in your life where that or the thing that's keeping you from from Jesus and from the grace that he offers what has your experience been like with other christians and christ followers um i'm i'm not above apologizing for that and repenting on behalf of of the church globally and uh and asking for your forgiveness for that because that that's our call as followers as well 
So, hey, if you want to hit us up, you can check us out at on the Facebooks, um, The Truth Response. You can send us an email at The Truth Response, the T-H-E, Truth, T-R-U-T-H, Response, R-E-S-P-O-N-S-E, at gmail.com. Um, I guess that's really the only way you can contact us, so may the odds be ever in your favor. Make sure you like and share this podcast wherever on whatever medium or method you use for that. Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, other. What's the other thing? Google. And uh, Mary, look forward to talking to you next week. God bless you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.